rainwater. Have you ever heard of something called the bro code? The bro code. I mean, I've heard of it, but I couldn't recite it to you if a gun was put to my head. All right. I'm afraid so the, I bro, would die. the bro code is basically if if you're dating a girl and or if your friend is dating a girl All and right. the girl says to you, oh, I heard you and Mike hung out the other night. But you and Mike did not hang out the other night. And Mike didn't even ask you to hang out that night. You don't know what Mike was doing that night. Your response is supposed to always 110% of the time be, oh, yeah, we had fun. We had a couple beers and just hung out. <laughs> oh, yeah, he said you guys went bowling. Yeah, I rolled a 250. Like, And you just you go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you maintain you the the allure, yeah. or not the allure, the illusion. It is a, it's like an unspoken thing that you. I gotcha. You go along with whatever bullshit your your friend um, <laughs> threw to their significant <laughs> other to do something without them. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, foul play or anything like that. But maybe they just needed some alone time or whatever like that. But sure. one way or the other. The rule, the rule of thumb is you go with it and you don't expose anything. You take it to your grave. Sometimes, like if you're going in severe bro code, you don't even ask your buddy what he did. You just mm. tell him, hey, Danielle was asking about Saturday night. We're good. You good. Yeah. And then you just fill him in on the details on like what you told him. And then that's yeah. it. You don't ask questions it's, it's or anything like that. It's the plot to the Godfather, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um. I am guilty of violating a similar thing right now because we're going to be talking about it. But um, I think it's kind of I, I don't know if it's called the artist code um, or not. Mm. OK, but, I'm curious to see where you're going with this. Well, I recently discovered in my journey to educate myself about new types of art forms and techniques and stuff that I can do that a lot of the digital art like digital paintings and stuff like that that I see across the internet that get put onto t-shirts that I'm probably wearing right now or at least that I have in my laundry room right now are not actually quote-unquote paintings. They are in fact screen grabs from films and then a plethora of filters and adjustments. Mm -hmm. Now it's not like a cheap little take a picture on a phone and plug it into an app and then just let the app do all the work. There's a, yep. there's an amount of um, manual adjustments to right. the settings and you have to change it every time and there's a little bit of artistic um, license that goes into it changing colors and highlights and you know da, 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 all that kind of stuff however there was not freehand drawing and I recently discovered that all of this is like commonplace in it where I was thinking like all these fucking people on Instagram are amazing digital artists who are going, you know, taking their hand to the tablet with their little sure. Wacom stick and going at it. And I have learned that I can now do this and do it myself. And I feel like I'm cheating. Uh, like I'm like, I'm cheating on the girlfriend. And <laughs> right now I feel like I'm violating the bro code by us having this particular episode. But I'm curious to know from you because I know you or at least I suspect you are a freehand artist. Like all of your stuff is mostly, if not completely, 
yeah. freehand drawn, Emphasis correct? Emphasis on mostly. <laughs> okay. No, I I see, that, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, I I'm curious to know how you... Code, yeah, sure. this is more your medium than it is mine because yeah. I'm a filmmaker. And, I mean, granted, it's the same thing, I guess, when, we're, when I'm filming something. I don't build every chair that a character sits on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I go to Target and I buy a chair or it's, you know, a chair I found in my basement or some shit like that. It's using things that already exist and then putting them into my art and yeah. going from there. But I'm curious to know from you, do you know if this is commonplace or is this news to you or like? It's definitely not news to me. It's very, okay. <laughs> it's very commonplace. And I think, you know, the history of art suggests that artists have been figuring out ways to take shortcuts for as long as we can imagine, or at least as long as the Renaissance period, at least going as far back as that. A lot of, uh, a lot of painters of that time used what was called a camera obscura, which was a pretty recent invention of the time. Um, basically it, it functioned a little bit like a projector, but, uh, it always, portrayed whatever it was that they were trying it was basically like a convoluted series of mirrors and uh i guess using candles or something they were able to either transpose images of themselves or of like you know whoever their subject was right and uh they could project it onto a wall and then basically you know at least trace out you know their uh their subject and so that obviously for them saved them a ton of time and it could be argued too like the ways in which we're taught perspective like how to do um like drawings like architectural drawings or draw things in three-dimensional perspective in some sense is sort of a technological cheat in the way that we do it nowadays um even in the classical training like you're supposed to there's this whole way of you setting you're setting up in a horizon line and then you make sure everything goes to you know your uh, your multiple horizon lines depending on the perspective so like you know one d or not necessarily one d but like um if you're just looking at something straight on you just have one vanishing point to look at if you have two different angles you have two different vanishing points if you're doing something where it's not just incorporating like um a vanishing point from a horizon line looking dead ahead. But if you're looking up, you know, like from a worm's eye view, you then have three different vanishing points you have to consider. That system took a long time to develop. And I think that that development was kind of a cheat because before then, everybody was freehand in that shit and just kind of like it was a secret. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was a secret amongst who, whatever artists figured it out. Uh, so anyway, enough rambling about like ancient history. Let's get into where we are today, right? With computers, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you have to try. You have to try to not cheat nowadays, right? Like it, it's more effort to not cheat, quote unquote, than to cheat, which is to say like using, you know, photographic reference, using... Um, I, I mean, that's something that I will do sometimes. So, like, currently in the current season of Trailer Park Warlock that I'm drawing, there are a fair amount of helicopters involved, and I don't really want to spend an hour and a half 
drawing helicopters. So <laughs> I have taken, you know, like I'll cut out, I'll cut out photo ref, right, and then like place it how I want it to look on the panel, and then you know decrease the opacity on that photograph of the helicopter, and then yep. I'm drawing over it, and then I start making, like you're saying, making artistic de- de- depictions on how it should be portrayed in the comic. To make it look like, graphic, what were you going to say? I like how what you were about to say, which was you were making artistic decisions yeah, regarding no, exactly. the actual thing of it, because that's what I've learned lately. I've been working on creating a uh, alternate movie poster, uh, mm-hmm. because in the coming weeks I'm going to be hosting, I'm going to do a, a hosting show on YouTube. I'm going to host awesome. two horror movies. And uh, to in order to announce which movies I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be creating alternate movie posters for them to to promote nice. using the promotion factor. But anyway, um, I have learned that yes, it, I do feel like it is a little bit of a cheat that I'm stealing screen grabs mm-hmm. from the particular thing. But I'm quickly learning that there is so much quote unquote art going into this <laughs> outside of that that I'm really just I'm really it's like. It's like carrying an ounce of pot on you to smoke as opposed to being a Colombian drug lord. You know what I mean? Like I sure. thought I was a Colombian drug lord, but I'm not. I'm just a guy on the street with a joint in my pocket. And there's like so many other decisions about the first thing that's really fucking me up right now is the composition of arranging the heads of people, trying to find moments from the thing that I can work into it, how I can break things up and make it differently. Uh, taking scene uh, stills from different scenes of the movie where they have different lighting sources creates a different color temperature on the faces. So yeah. I have to make everything uniform for it. So that's a whole nother adjustment changing, you know, making sure all the flesh tones all look accurate and the same um, changing the lighting source because there's a lighting source on the poster. So it has to match how the highlights are falling on everybody. So like where the shade is, where the highlights are, all that stuff starts yeah. coming into play. So I have to start making all of these different adjustments. And what I thought when I, when I was originally just doing the, the series of filters, and I mean it was a series, um, there's still some adjustments. So I was like giving myself some leniency, but I was like, oh, this is going to take an hour to to make tops. Yeah. It's been days now because <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, I got to resize her and I got to yeah. tilt him slightly to an angle and this and that. Yeah, you're so, making artistic decisions, right? You're yes. trying to get the composition just right. 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 Which I'm is trying so to make totally something different. Something dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too that you're talking about that because, um, you know, uh, I, what brings to my mind is thinking about uh, the famous movie poster ar- artist, Drew Struzan. Right, he's best known for his posters for Indiana Jones, Star Wars, several. You know, like uh, did he do? He didn't do Jurassic Park, did he? No, no. This, so that's a cheap ass graphic design uh, poster. <laughs> but uh, anyway, his technique for uh, let's just say for Indiana Jones and for Star Wars was basically like he was taking photographs and collaging and arranging it till he got to a point where he's like, okay. I'm going to now I can make a painting out of this initial messy arrangement, right? Yep. And I mean that's it's a fairly common technique, especially for the more like the more realistic artists. Like Alex Ross is another example. He's using photograph he's using photographs that he may be tracing, he may not be tracing. I'm not sure about that part. But he's doing a lot of upfront um 
shortcut taking, I would say, in order for him to figure out what the lighting's going to be like before he ever puts paint to canvas. He's like, and so, and so I kind of stopped myself in the middle of this because what I'm thinking is like, you know, we define it as cheating, and on some level, it's more almost like resource gathering because, yes. you know, like, I think the first artists who were like the cave painters, they were probably the first ones, or they were the only ones who probably didn't cheat because they were just going from memory, like, oh, this is what a fucking horse looks like, and it doesn't look like a horse, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but their drawing sucked, and that's the thing, something to factor in here is that I don't think anyone cares that yeah. Alex Ross or Drew Struzan do that because they yeah. look at the image and they're like, that looks amazing. And yeah. that's that's what it comes down to at the end of it is what's the end product? Yeah, and like, even going it, back to the cave painters, they still they wouldn't draw a hand. They would put their hand on the the wall and then blow paint on it and let the outline of the hand be the representation of that. So like that goes back to just sort of what I was saying of like I think something for all artists to think about when they're about to embark on making whatever medium their piece is going to be, right? It's all about thinking about the logistics of making it, right? So, like, I know you think about this a lot as somebody who has produced movies because the producer role requires that you literally are lining up all the dominoes before you ever, you know, push the first one. Absolutely. And so uh, this this applies the exact same to whether it's a painting, whether it's a comic book, whether it's a video game. You got to make sure all your ducks are in a row. And sometimes your ducks are going to, you know, be uh, photographs that you took that you might sketch over or they might be like, uh, you know, if you're if you're a rap artist, it might be like old like records you found that nobody listens to anymore but they sound really good especially if you you know if you splice them together in this particular way or whatever you know like everything i think that's something that and maybe this will this can go into the next topic we sort of talk about in this episode is that i think that this might be sort of an element of modern art making is an awareness of like all the other art we're building off of, right? Like, so I'm saying this because like I recently saw an NFT series that I thought was kind of interesting. It was the first NFT series that I've seen in a while that actually caught my interest. And um, this person was taking like Renaissance paintings, right? Like you could clearly tell like he was splicing out Renaissance paintings and then adding in modern elements into them. So like, there was one particular one that was interesting to me that was like um, clearly like a politician or somebody in the Renaissance period being surrounded by like other Renaissance figures that were engaged in some sort of sabotage, some kind of political sabotage, but they were all wearing anonymous masks, right? Which, I mean, even then, the anonymous mask is the Guy Fawkes mask. We can regardless he's clearly yeah. or this person's clearly referring to you know the internet um anonymous political or whatever i don't even know what you want to call them the faction of people who are called anonymous right right um there was another one that took uh the painting of uh saint michael uh slaying lucifer but had placed 
St. Michael in the streets of New York wearing a New York Mets hat. And, like, still everything else was pretty much the same except the background was New York and, like, you and Michael was wearing a, a New York Mets hat. I was like, that's interesting because I'm what what the hell are you trying to say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, anyway, point being, this person's clearly like finding some way to incorporate pre-made art and then try and create some new expression from it. Much in the same way that like rap takes or hip hop takes a lot of um, like a sample from something yeah, else. Exactly. Much so it, it but then then we're we're kind of deviating into Andy Warhol slash Quentin Tarantino zone here where it's like, are they creating or are they, I don't know if the word is co-opting or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like taking something that already exists as an art and, yeah, you know, twisting a perspective on it to say something else. But is that itself art? You know what I mean? Like where does, where is the line for cheating? in art is there a line at that's all? Well, unless that's... you're just straight up plagiarism where it's like like if you draw trailer yeah. park warlock six episodes it hasn't been released yet i hack your computer and i release it and change your name to my name that's clearly cheating that's fucking yeah. theft but outside of that if i took jake baker and i you know what i mean like if i did something with him mm-hmm. and created something is that plagiarism is it cheating is it theft if i just took you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no, where, where's question. the line? That is, that's, and I think that's probably one of the more crucial questions in this era, right? Because it's so easy. It's never been this easy to just take other people's stuff. <laughs> so, like, and so to... many people do it that everyone doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. And there needs, I, I think it's, I mean, and this is a bias of myself, but I think it's important that there be some kind of clear distinction of, when plagiarism is happening right like i think that but where do you define it as plagiarism right what what tarantino does is that plagiarism taking all of these different things from different movies he's seen and jumbling them together into one cohesive plot i don't think that that's plagiarism personally because i don't um it's clearly like he's putting his own twist on those things you know like he's mm-hmm. putting his own twist on those genres and on those character archetypes. So he's adjusting the highlights and the color temperature exactly. and the composition of yeah. something that already exists. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if he had, if he had like maybe remastered, um, you know, the dirty dozen or something and then put his name on it, like he produced the film that would be i would call that plagiarism right like if he's taking credit for something he did like 0.05% of the work for i would call that plagiarism and that's not a particularly clean definition right like that's not cuz basically what i was just defining it as is like what is the percentage of work that you put into the to into the thing and how much of it was already made belong to somebody else so like going percentage what percentage would you draw the line at like i'm saying like if we had okay so the new trailer for the new matrix just came out right deep fake test technology exists and chris christopher walken has been in so many movies you could probably snip together every word that you need to (laughs) and make dialogue so if you took the entire original matrix movie and you deep faked christopher walken as neo 
could you release that as your own movie or is that not is that cheating like you can rename yeah. it something else you don't call it the matrix you can call it you know the walking x or something like yeah. that it's i mean it's obviously a spoof it's a comedy but could you put that in a theater because you know what i mean like you've taken it or even if you just took different actors and actresses faces and replaced all of the actors and stuff like that even the dialogue but yep. you kept that footage of everything you know them slow motion and fighting and all that kind of stuff but you changed all the faces and all the dialogue is that new art do you own that or is that is that plagiarism is that cheating that is a really good question i have a hard time finding a solid answer to it because I guess partly because I'd like to see that movie. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> Just, now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually something that would be really fun. But I, you know, from a legal standpoint, it might be considered a form of plagiarism, or there would be some requirement for acknowledgement of the Wachowskis, and I'm sure some kind of licensing arrangement, right? Like in the same way with all of the Star Wars related media that has existed in the last couple of decades right like uh you know family guy did like a whole star wars thing and robot chicken did a star wars thing but like in order to do that they had to get the licensing rights to do that in order i mean even when it's parody they had to get licensing rights from george lucas but like weird al doesn't have to do that he's able to get yeah and he's able to get away with like very strict parody laws right because there are laws that allow people who are doing satire or parody to be very, very blunt about what they're referencing. Yeah. That is like one of those things where it's like this weird, thin legal line that I don't entirely know how to, you know, like interpret. Yeah. Interpret. Exactly. Because like, I will say like for myself, trailer park Warwick has had a couple of different things that are parodies of like existing, licenses in the world and for me like i just make sure that it is as not like that thing as possible while still referencing it because i i only want to hint at it and make acknowledgement to it for either for the purpose of a joke or for you know my own particular deranged sense of uh pleasure you know (laughs) i don't there's not a lot there's not necessarily a lot of um like ra- reason or rationality to why I make certain decisions when I do, but usually it's because it's funny or it's just for the wall. Do you think that the cheating conundrum only applies aesthetically? Because I mean, you can take something and you can visually copy it, steal it, you know, alter yeah. it, whatever like that slightly. Yeah. Um, and people or you know what i mean like you can easily parody the matrix if i wanted to right now i could throw a green tint on our particular episode and i could have me and you moving in slow motion and that's an aesthetic and everybody gets it you know what i mean but if i were to literally take the entire um plot of the matrix and i was to just take it not be like humans are stuck inside of machines or something like that and changed it to i don't know humans are stuck inside of hot dogs exact same plot same exact characters but giant fucking hot dogs are controlling us and using like 
Is yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like, it, like, is that straight up copying where I just change one thing? It's the, okay, it's the fucking vanilla ice conundrum where he's like, that one little itty bitty ting, it's not the same. Like, does that count? Yeah, exactly. Is that cheating still? Or is it? Yeah, it worked for vanilla ice. So... Did he get away with that? I think so. I don't, I don't know. I just know that little thing. I mean, explanation from VH1 of him trying to get off. The song still exists in our, in our culture one way or the other. And it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been destroyed. I I don't know. I don't think he might've had to pay for it though. That's the only thing. And that's ultimately, you know, and I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is when we have this conversation, it's a conversation really of whether or not you can afford to do the thing. Yeah. And most people can't. And so that's why that doesn't happen. Um, and that's why people don't tend to try and tread into that water. And, uh, and on a certain level, that might be for the better in the sense of, you know, overall originate, like original thought is more like uh, more, there's more original thought because of that. But on the other hand, you know, we don't get to see necessarily those variants or those mutations that we were just talking about where, you know, it's just the Matrix, but it's hot dogs instead of whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know from you as a, as a freehand, mostly, as we said, mostly freehand artist, do you look down, and I want you to be real here, do you look down on the people who, like me, who would take an image of a realistic photograph and then just apply a filter to it and then assemble it. Like right now I could take a bunch of series of pictures and I could, you know, make a comic book if I wanted to. And you know what I mean? Like, and I could just add a bunch of filters and make it look like it was drawn and colored and everything like that via Photoshop, just digital art and call it a comic book. Do you, as, as a freehand artist, do you kind of look down on that or do you just respect that that's a different style? Like how do you approach that would you ever consider uh, doing that start, that kind of a style? Well, I'll start with my initial reaction to when I'd seen you first post the um, Ian McDermott. Yes, and yeah. you you had said you had described it as a. Um, I was very a, loose with my description. I was yeah. I called it. I created. I said I created a digital oil painting. I did not say that I fucking painted it. I said I created well, a digital oil that painting. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Was like, oh, so did Jal do like all the brush strokes? Like, were all those, you know, like did yeah. he draw the figure? You know, right. did he right. do all that stuff? And I was suspicious a little bit. That's fair. You should be. If you saw the first <laughs> post of what I drew, and that one was even kind of cheating because I did what you talked about with the tracing. I lowered opacity yeah. on my face and all that shit. But yeah, no, go ahead. Because I've seen because <laughs> I've seen you do stuff, and I'm like, Jow's confident, but like that would be like an exponential explosion in yes. like ability, right? That's that's going ludicrous speed. In the words that of Rick was, Moranis. That was my first that was my first thought. I was like, well, either Jow got really good really fast, <laughs> or like his definition of like digital oil painting is different from how I would define it. Okay. And, that's fair. <laughs> and so I mean, you know, later on I learned that that's you know, it was right. more in the tradition of uh, adjustments. Making, yeah, making adjustments to it, right? So like I don't personally care how somebody comes up with a good piece of art so long as it's a good piece of art 
right? And so long as it's an original idea, and so long as it's like, um, so long as it effectively communicates what they're trying to get across. I've seen stuff where people cheat and it looks like shit, and that is like, that's embarrassing for everybody involved, right? right. Like I look at that and I'm like, I, okay, it's not your this isn't your strength, right? Or you need to figure out how to problem. You need to get better at cheating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> isn't there? Isn't that a rule in sports? That's only cheating if you get caught. <laughs> and if you get caught, yeah. like yeah, it, that is often the case. Like if you get caught, then obviously you didn't do a good enough job. Me, I'm admitting to it. I'm I have no shame in admitting that this is how I'm doing it because I'm kind of coming from the the vantage point of. I don't care how we got that. Like the ends justify the means in terms of this. When nobody's life is at yeah. stake, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not taking money out of anybody's pocket and nothing like that. Like it's just yeah. I'm trying to create something that looks cool and that looks kind of authentic. And like I said, there are plenty of people who are making money. Like if you look at the fucking Avengers posters, I guarantee you whoever is designing that is not drawing that freehand. Oh no, oh, no. They're taking like... photographs, uh, <laughs> like they're taking publicity stills of the characters yeah. against like a white backdrop or something like that, giving them yeah. to a digital artist, and they are running them through a series of filters, arranging them, and calling it a day. And that's oh, the yeah. poster. Absolutely, and that, and I think that's that is a major reality of um, just graphic design in general in this day and age like very few people i would guess i don't really know this but i would guess that very few people in graphic design nowadays actually have like what i would what i would define as classical academic drawing skills like and i don't even necessarily i'm not even saying that necessarily as like that's you have to have that to be like a 2d artist or whatever yeah i just my personal bias is because i went through that i think it's important you know, I think it, yeah. it offers certain a certain um, range of skills that you wouldn't have otherwise. But that, that doesn't. What are it's you that say? hand-eye coordination that you developed. It's not something that necessarily is something you're born with. I mean, a lot of there are some people who can just pick up a pen and draw yeah. something, and it's they're instantly really good at it. Yeah. And then there's other people who have to take time and develop a skill to get that hand-eye coordination, no different than like a pitcher or a boxer or, you know, a quarterback or whatever like that. Well, and here's Um, the other thing too, is like my opinion about a lot of this stuff also changed when I learned like what, like a lot of, with how a lot of computer programming works, people just take in code and copy pasting. Like Mm. it's not like they're copy pasting code and they're going through it and making little adjustments here and there very much in like what you, you know, the process you were describing there's not like a lot of hard coding going on at a certain point because it's faster just to say, oh, do we have like, you know, whatever this is to make this engine or to make this website? Can we just copy paste this and then make the adjustments as we go so we can save time? Because everybody's trying to save time, right? If you can time make money. Some- yeah. And if you can make something that looks better and you're saving time, I do- that doesn't bother me. And there's certainly, um, a lot to be said at the very least for having a robust amount of resource gathering. If you're, if you're just, if you're going to be doing the, the ground up method of drawing, right? Like going back to like, you know, uh, a lot of my favorite artists that, you know, are comic book artists, a lot of them, like, especially in the thirties and forties when comic books, or when comic strips in particular were super successful, 
those artists had models on hand, like on hand so that they could be like, Hey, I need reference for this pose. Can you do yeah. this for me? You know, like artists like Hal Foster who did um, Prince Valiant and a couple other stuff. And then like, um, it, it, like uh, Frank Frazetta was another one where he would get, you know, some photographs or whatever to gather in order to get ready to do a pose. And there are exceptions, like somebody like Jack Kirby, who is best known for like, he was a guy who created a lot of the extended universe stuff in both Marvel and DC, like dark side, you know, um, he basically created the fantastic four, you know, he created a lot of the stuff that we know in superhero comics. He was one of those few figures where, like, he just didn't give a fuck and didn't use reference. <laughs> and you can tell sometimes in, like, how some of the figures look because they sometimes they look wonky. But at the same time, he was so, like, stream of consciousness in the way that he drew that, like, what you end up with is kind of this weird abstract art. And that, and that worked for him. That worked for Jack Kirby. That doesn't work for everybody. Some artists do need that, you know, that extra leg up where it's like maybe they go out and take photos of like an environment that they want to include and the panel they're going to draw or the painting they're going to do and maybe they trace it and that's fine. So long as the final product doesn't, that's the most important part to me. So long as the final product does not look traced. And that is actually like an issue that I'm having with a lot of comics in our current period is there a lot of comics that look very obviously traced at least to my eye and to me i'm like well that's showing like that's some laziness showing you know like and like i said that's to my eye maybe a lot of other people don't like that doesn't occur to them right i i love that you're in on this because this is kind of where i wanted to go on this discussion um it's definitely all about the end result. I think we're both in agreement on that. Yeah. I think it, it, if the end result has that wow factor, the it factor, as it's so often referred to. Yeah. Um, I don't really care how you got there. But the the real kicker is, is when you're looking at it, your brain instinctively will go either A, I've seen stuff like this, or yeah. B, I have never seen this before. And this never seen it before is usually what the it factor ends up being. So yep. whether it be the combination of colors, the way the lighting is used, the composition, whatever it may be, you know what I mean. Whether how many um, how many colors were used, the palettes, how the how they gradient, how they you know all that kind of stuff, that starts playing a, a factor into it. So like when you're talking about you know you're looking at comics and it's clear that people are just like tracing stuff constantly or whatever, they. It's almost like the Star Wars prequels where everything was so pristine and so yes. perfect. That's exactly you, the issue. That is You exactly look at it issue. and you're like, oh, there's no style being yeah. implemented on this drawing. It's yeah. it's literally just a cartoon realistic picture. Like yeah. and that I think is what your brain is seeing. It it's it's you know what I mean? Like, especially as an artist, we cannot pick up on this stuff that other people can't quantify. Yeah. We can usually look at something long enough and go no, I know what they did and I know why it sucks. And that's because this, this, and this. And most people are yeah. just like, how did you know that? I'm just like, trust me. 
And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you probably have the same thing, you know, Joker, yeah. Joe Bevs, everybody like we can look at shit and be like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's but, because that's because after a while your eye gets trained to it. Right. Right. Uh, and, and I would say like one of the best pieces, little bits of pieces of advice that I got from uh, an, a working artist by the name of Dustin Weaver. Um, he does some really incredible art and he has done a bunch of stuff for Marvel. Um, one of the, one of his most recent projects was, um, was shield with Jonathan Hickman, but he had this really interesting insight about you really don't like, and he was talking about drawing buildings. Uh, he intentionally would break perspective here and there for buildings like make it a little bit wonky here and there because he, he he was of the opinion that it doesn't look believable if it's too perfect perfect <laughs> it was just like you need to break some things here and there so that it looks a little bit like oh these buildings are kind of shifting into their landscape this is an uneven landscape this looks like a lived-in place so like also that goes for and i this is something i do very frequently when i'm when I'm drawing like uh, settings or like I'm drawing buildings or stuff, uh, I'm definitely cheating in the sense that Clip Studio allows me to lay down line like these guidelines for straight lines, where I don't have to use a ruler or anything. It's just like here's a line. You, you it appears as you draw it, right? Uh, I make sure what I'll do is I'll draw the line. I'll break it up a little bit here and there, so that I can go in and fill it in as like kind of cracked or like just give it some organic quality because if it has an organic quality it's not gonna like just look like some kind of like you know copy paste it whatever yeah you know what i mean it needs to have some kind of natural quality to it error yeah some exactly some evident and, and that's i think that's what we're kind of both getting to because a lot of times a lot of times the happy accidents or the errors in art, right. End are up what, being the best shit. Yeah, it, it's what, it's what creates that secret sauce. And so I, that might be getting into sort of me, you know, how to cheat properly. Right. The best. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, you can go back to it, but like, you know, you mentioned a ruler. How yeah. many people would consider using a ruler to be cheating? What do you I, can't draw a straight line? Like what the fuck? Like you want me to draw a straight line? Why remember, is that cheating? I remember having that debate for a long time. Like, uh, is that a thing in the comics community? You, you want to use a ruler? It was, like early stages, it was because the idea was like, well, if you could draw a perfect circle, like, you know, or if you can draw a straight line freehand, that means in theory you would be able to draw faster, right? And also, it mean you know, on some level, like you're a better artist in this way or that. Sure, Ultimately, that's, a, that's a whole lot of gatekeeping bullshit. But okay. And the only reason that even came up is because they, we had a professor who could do that. Okay. Because so like, he was like somebody who uh, did like illustration art for NASA, and was like he was like one of the, he was basically a, like Renaissance level artist plus. Like he was just like really incredibly good draftsman. That's kind of rare, right? Like that's sure. kind of a rare thing, but everybody sort of looked at him as the ideal. And so everybody's like, well, you know, if I could accomplish that, what else could I accomplish? It's sort of the logic is, you know, 
you want to be as good as this kung fu master because otherwise you'll be defeated, you know, yeah. by any regular schmo on the highway. But the reality is, is that nobody cares. And the other reality is, is there's so much technology to help you do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's you just need to the find the result. Yeah. And you just need to find the tools that work best for what you do. It's the Indiana Jones thing where the guy comes at him swinging all the sword and he can do all the fancy tricks or whatever. Yeah. And Indiana Jones just shoots him. And that's the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. did he cheat in that fight? Well, no, he accomplished his goal to kill the other guy. Like the other guy was yeah. going to kill him. He chose a very direct, simple style. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but then, you know, you could take, you can't take away, like firing a gun's not an easy thing to do. And you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, like you still aiming, have to actually know how to aim. You have to aim. You have to have a good strong hold on it. You have to have the experience of knowing that there's going to be a kick when it comes out. You have to, you know what I mean? You have to know how to load it in the beginning with. So like if people said that what I was doing using all of the Photoshop filters and, you know, the steps that I had learned in a YouTube video to create the digital oil painting um, was cheating, um, I could counter with the simple fact that my wife, my parents, my sister, my best friend, well, my best friend probably could, but um, the rest of them would look at you funny if I told them, okay, you got to put a high pass on this and then you got to go to a full, uh, uh, the filters and add the posterization. Then you got to go back to the filters and add the noise and you have to adjust the noise between one and a hundred until it looks like a good film grain. But then you have to put a 50% gray uh, opacity over this and you have to do an overlay filter. And you know, like I could yeah. go into all that jargon and they would, their heads would explode. They wouldn't know how to do that. And to them, that becomes a technique. That becomes a skill, knowing what those steps do, what those filters do, how to apply them, how much to apply them, when to apply them, where to apply that. You, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. suddenly becomes the technique. So it's not, it, it, to me, it's it's not cheating. It's, it's literally, again, like I said, carrying a joint around in your pocket, thinking you're Pablo Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like you can get you can let yourself of, off on it. It's part of problem solving. And I think I think what happens for a lot of people when they when they learn about this kind of thing and they think about it as cheating is uh they get into sort of the 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 mindset of like the reputation of a person. So like you know, does that mar Drew Struzan's like reputation as an artist knowing that he worked a lot from photos and like you know, projected photographs onto a wall to trace over them, right? Instead of just freehand drawing the face from a photo. Like, it's like how many different steps do you have to take to where you can say somebody is the greatest artist ever? Like, oh, Drew Struzan just drew Harrison Ford's face from memory. Like, who can do that? Who can, like... <laughs> who yeah, can, which at, era? And, yeah, no, yeah, it's like, I absolutely. don't think there's ever been an artist... And maybe I'm complete. I'm actually I am wrong because there is an artist I, I can name who can kind of do that, where they can just like look at a person's face and then from memory draw them perfectly. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. such a it's such a rare quality that we'd all for we'd all fall short of that that grace basically. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you look at something like uh, there's. I know you've seen this video. Everybody in the internet has. The, the person who can draw people in cartoons on pancakes, they've got the little <laughs> thing and then they draw, you know what I'm talking about. And 
Like they're obviously drawing that freehand. They're actually drawing yeah. it mirrored. And then when yeah. they flip the pancake over, it's, you know, it's completed and this and that. And they've learned how to do that freehand. And yes, it's impressive. The actual execution of that is hella impressive. I don't know if I could ever do that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if I if they came out with a Darth Vader waffle press, which I'm sure they already have, I could, you know, pour the batter into that and it makes Darth yeah. Vader's face under the thing and then I hand that to my kid. My kid doesn't really care if I drew that free hand or not. He's got Darth Vader on his pancake. Like to some extent, yeah, it's impressive that you can do it. It's also impressive when technology can do it. Yeah. It means a little bit more when someone's able to do it from scratch. I think that's the biggest takeaway. It like goes, there's a it's like the gift thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it goes the, into the, the thought that counts. Yeah. It, it's it's the idea of like I think uh the way that art has been valued for so long is this idea of like there's this talented person that you cannot find anywhere else who's gonna do this piece of art for you, right? Mm. And now we've kind of come to this point where in arguably could have, we could have come to this during the conceptual artists period during like the fifties and sixties. Um, but point being is we've kind of gotten into this phase where it's like the idea and the transmission of the idea is more important than the execution of the idea. And I, and, and that's something where I'm, you know, I, I'm sometimes I go back and forth on it because there is a part of me that has a lot of respect for like the craft and for the amount of effort that can go into creating that stuff, right? Like I can think about how long it takes me to draw a page and I think about who I am as an artist, the quality of myself as an artist, and then compare it to somebody um, who I esteem higher than myself let's say somebody like Sean Gordon Murphy, who is a comic book artist who I look up to highly. And I think that he's a better drawer than me. He's a better inker than me. Um, arguably I might say that I'm a better storyteller, but who knows? Um, point being though, is like somebody I would want to learn from. Right. Okay. And so I look at that and I think I, in my mind, for me personally, I place them on a higher tier of an artist than that NFT person I was talking about previously at the beginning of this episode. Because I think, you know, oh, okay, that, that person who did the NFTs, like, they did some clever stuff, but I can think about the process in my head. And I'm like, well, I could do that. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not that incredibly difficult. Um, whereas like drawing a 180 page Batman book and it, every page looks gorgeous. That's a different, that's a different like watermark in mm. my mind, if that makes sense. Like it does, it, it, you know, there's, it's a, an, uh, a cascade level of, of different levels, I should say. So like, it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't talk about cooking and food, um, <laughs> You look at a dish, you know what I mean? Like, and if I um, got a steak from the grocery store and I just threw it on the grill and I took it off and then I, I zapped a, a bowl of microwave macaroni and cheese and dumped it next to it. And then I did the steamer bag of broccoli and threw that on it. And that's my, my plate. 
I can take a pretty picture and you'd be like, hey, that looks pretty good. I would like to eat that. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden, if you find out that I raised the cow and I executed the cow, like I slayed the, yeah. the cow and ground the beef myself and I grew the broccoli and myself and I took, you know, flour and eggs and I made the pasta and, you know, I took, I made, you know, the the milk and all the butter and all that stuff from yeah. the cow and I made the cheese myself and all that kind of stuff. Suddenly it's like, holy shit, Jao is a fucking farmer and a chef. Like it's a, it's a whole nother level of, of doing it. Like it, I don't think it, yeah. it doesn't always necessarily change the end product because I like Velveeta mac and cheese as yeah. much as I do, you know, shaving off some, some fresh ones and, and yeah. making fresh pasta and shit like that. People think I'm all bougie and shit like that because I'm making all this stuff. Sometimes I just make hamburger helper, man, and yeah. that's dinner. Like you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just gotta go there. So like, that, is that cheating though? Did I have a delicious dinner? Absolutely. I love hamburger right. helper. Right. Did I cheat? Not really. I assembled it. You know what I yeah. mean? But it doesn't have that that extra factor of the thought that counts. You know what I mean? The time, the effort. Suddenly, I think what it is, what it comes down to is, and this is really what art is about, in my opinion, the things that are worked on from a more basic beginning have more thought and artist imprint on them than things that were adjusted and created from something that had already existed. So... You know, people still to this day talk about Andy Warhol or blah, 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 where he you know took a soup can and that was it. And that was what he painted. But, you know, like if you took something from absolute scratch and you painted it like Da Vinci or something like that, like all of a sudden it, it, it hits a little bit different. And I think it does come back to like how we talked about the organic error that, that's worked in. But there's also something that Photoshop can't do no matter which way, like you can adjust the numbers on a setting one to a hundred and maybe you'll pick 28 and I'll pick 57. And yes, that is a little bit of a different artistic decision, but somebody else could pick 26 and 57 or whatever like that. You know what I mean? And also do that. But the error that your hand might make drawing Jake Baker is not going to be the same error that my hand would make drawing, you know, old Steve, the little cartoon character I drew as a kid growing up. Like that's going to be uniquely me. And that's the thing that makes it unique. And as we've talked about before, the thing that I've never seen before, the thing you've never seen before, the thing, you know what I mean? Like all that. And that's what ends up setting up different. So I'll look at a Avengers poster and I'll be like, okay, it's got a composition like a Drew Struzan composition. It's the mountain of heads. And it's got the same filters that every Marvel poster before it has. And yes, that's creating a harmony um amongst the series of posters and stuff but is it striking me is it you know what i mean like what's new here are we just doing the same old territory and it looks sleek it looks great it checks all the boxes and i think part of it is not checking all the boxes all the time i think there needs to be something missing something wrong like art needs to be that imperfect thing or whatever and when you hit perfection you've lost art You've lost style. You've lost message. You've lost artist. I don't, I don't even know if it's necessary perfection so much as it's it's competence, right? Like we are, we live in an age where I think more art is competent than it's ever been, which mm. is to say, 
you can consume it and not and not feel like you're watching a, a B movie or looking at a piece of crap garbage, right? Mm, yeah. But because we've, I think, in a lot of ways, a lot of artists have sort of gotten into the groove of models that work, of formulas that work, because they got to make money. I'm not going to sure. blame them for that, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, what's missing, I think, and this is probably to your point, is a little bit of pushing against the formula. Experimentation. Pushing, yeah, experimentation yeah. And, just, and just trying out some new things, right? Try and find some new cheat codes. Try and find some new ways of, like, yeah. um, you know, messing around with it. And that's that it would be my main complaint, you know? Like, like I said, like, I there are so many artists out there right now who particularly in, and I'm right now I'm thinking in terms of comics who I think are good artists and then I see like a panel where it's like oh this is clearly like they traced over a photo and they've just they kind of forgot to like or they didn't have the time maybe to just sort of add some touches here and there right yeah that to me I always feel a little bit sad about because I'm just like well that could have, that's a missed opportunity to add your own flavor into it and that's where i i think that's where my own major critique will comes into all this right is like cheat all you want but make sure that you know make sure you your flavor's there i love i'm not even going to try and talk after that i think we're done <laughs> i think you've i think you've perfectly answered the question of what's cheating what's not and and how to get around it. So with that said, this has been Midnight at the Spaghetti Factory. Tell your friends about us. Don't tell your friends about us. We really don't care. We just like chatting with each other. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Later, y'all.